Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Pei Chen with you until 4 o'clock every Saturday afternoon. Uh, hopefully you were not one of those people who was caught in that uh, little downpour we had downtown a few a few minutes ago. It's still raining a bit. Um, I know in other areas it's raining quite heavily, so just be careful. But if you're heading out, it would be wise to bring an umbrella with you. I felt really smart when I left my condo because I put on the rain boots and I thought, you know, I'm going to look, look like an idiot again because the last time I put on my rain boots, it ended up being super sunny. And I was that girl walking in like 35 degree heat downtown Toronto. It was super sunny and I was wearing rain boots. But this time, guys... I win. So uh, I actually went to visit uh, Langdon Hall Thursday night, which was a pl- I've never been there before, and I have to tell you, it's just in the it's in the Cambridge area, really not that far from the city. Because I was I'm doing this thing where I'm trying trying to discover different areas of Ontario, and some of them are a little bit far. Um, but Langdon Hall really is really really lovely. I guess they're they're known for their spa. So everyone that I told, I said I'm going to Langdon Hall, and they said ah. Gorgeous spa. Well, I didn't go to the spa. I we just we went and we sat by the pool waiting for the rain to subside because it, it did rain there uh, the past two days. But also on the way, we went out to St. Jacob's Market. I love that place. I adore St. Jacob's. I've been there only once before. And it's like peaches and corn as far as the eye can see. Everyone wants to sell you peaches. Everyone wants to sell you corn. And there's like five people selling kites. And uh, you can pretty much get anything you want. Out there, um, my friend, because it was so steamy the past few days, there are were, there were a lot of vendors who sell things like um, ready-made foods that you just need to heat up, so like uh, pizza that just needs to be baked. And I came up with this <laughs> not amazing idea, but I'm pretending it's amazing. This idea, I said, you know, we should just we should sell steamed pizza because all these people were selling pizzas. <laughs> It's a terrible idea, I know. Um, but the car was so hot that I, uh, we were like, well, if we, we can't buy food and put it in the car because it will just steam. It will cook right away. And I'm like, we, we could sell steamed pizza. It could be a thing. We could sell steamed anything. We could buy the corn, put it in the car for a couple hours. It would steam, steamed corn, delicious. Maybe some of the, the sausages, we could just put it in the car. It would steam. Like very efficient. Anyway, uh, if you think it's a good idea, you can text in at 71010 and I will sell you and deliver to you a steamed pizza, but only in weather that's above 30 degrees. Um, so I'm very excited about my, about the show today because I have, uh, some women here who are, um, very entertaining, very funny and, and whom I admire. So in studio with me, I have, uh, Rhiannon Archer. She's a comedian, writer, actress, and storyteller, uh, from Toronto, has written for many TV shows and, uh, is a favorite of the popular Toronto based story show. It's the, the Raconteurs. Is that what yes, it is? The Raconteurs. Nice. Um, and you also produce and host Fireside Tales, oh, yes. which is a, it's a monthly show. It's, um, every third Tuesday of the month in Dufferin Grove. Okay. And, uh, we get around the fire pit. We bring snacks to share, um, drinks, and we tell stories around an actual open fire in the city. So free open event. Absolutely free, nice. um, to everybody. And it's a lot of fun and dogs are invited. Um, I just really like when people bring dogs. Yeah, I would too. So when's the next one if you said it's... It is the 16th. Oh, so in a couple of days. 
Yes, Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you're like, is what that, day is it? That is correct. Yeah, Tuesday the 16th at Dufferin Grove Park. What time? Uh, it starts at eight o'clock sharp mm-hmm. because um, by 10 o'clock, by law, we have to have the fire out. So we have okay. a fire out at 10. Nice. Okay, sounds good. And you were also nominated for two Canadian Comedy Awards for Best Newcomer and Best Comedy Short. Uh, One Woman Show, that was the name of it? Yeah. Okay. It's real oh. funny. Congratulations. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Well, you wrote it and you were the lead. I was. So congrats. Good for you. And my next guest who's staying with me for the hour is Ashley Como. She's an actor, writer, and producer from Brampton and also an alumni uh, of the Second City Toronto. And you're part of the Fringe show Song Buster, the Improvised Musical. Yes, that's true. Although it's not only happening at Fringe, it happens every second Thursday at 9.30 at Bad Dog Theatre. So when's the next one? This Thursday or the one after? Um, We are at a different time for September. We're on the 22nd, but then come October, it will be 9.30 on the second Thursday. That's a bit of math there that I'll just hope that it's on your website. Yes. Yep. Sure is. Sure (laughs) is. you can look look it up. Um, And you also travel the globe performing and teaching improv, and you've got a cool trip coming up, which we'll talk about later in the show. And you're also, congratulations, named Best Female Improviser 2015 from Now Magazine. That's a big deal. Yeah, it was a huge deal. I found out when I was in Barcelona. Really? That was was pretty cool. Well, world traveler. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. uh, Very excited to have you both in here and um you know i've been we're online friends i guess that's yeah. how i i know how to creep your lives i know that rihanna mm-hmm. has a baby i know he's adorable i know she's got a dog he really is i feel like you post more about your dog than your cats oh is man the cats died oh, <laughs> maybe that's why yeah no uh i recently had both my cats pass away it's okay guys they oh, were, they were 19 and 17 they wow. had good lives okay it's been a great, and they both passed this year. It's been a great year for uh, babies, bad year for pets in my house. <laughs> but <laughs> the babies like, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Beefy, the last pet, is 15, so we'll see about that. Oh. What kind of dog is he? He is um, half Boston Terror, half mm-hmm. Pug, uh, all gentlemen, and he's, <laughs> uh, he's a real interesting guy. How does he feel about the eight-month-old baby boy in the house? He likes it because... Um, Food gets dropped on the floor, oh. <laughs> and uh, diapers are quite delicious. Beefy's actually quite disgusting, um, but you know what? He's like that lovable, revolting kind of guy. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the guy we've all dated. Yeah, yeah. Oh. the yep. lovely, revolting kind of guy. So now, both of you um, are actresses. You write, uh, Rihanna, and you do stand up. Mm-hmm. Ashley, more improv. That's correct. But there, I, I know that they're different, but there's similarities in that you both do something that's very terrifying to most people, and that is to get up on stage and perform and hope that people laugh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I that's mean, the goal. There's a huge pressure, but the minute you stop thinking there is a pressure, it becomes fun. Yeah, and uh, I find if, you, um, if you're having fun, mm-hmm. um, people are going to have fun, you know, as well. Like, I, as I long say, as one person's having fun, and I can be you, then you're winning. <laughs> I would say stand-up terrifies me. Really? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yep, because you're by yourself and you have to write it and it's just you. Whereas improv, even if you're by yourself, you're kind of doing this this magic wizard thing of making it up. Whereas stand-up, there's an expectation. Like people go to laugh. Improv, you're like, you never know what you're going to see. Ideally, you're laughing. Yeah. Hopefully, you're laughing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, something about stand-up, well, I admire it so much, but it also terrifies me. Yeah, see, I I used to do improv. I wasn't that good, so that's why I did stand up. 
<laughs> You're like, my but back is like, plan. wait a minute, wait a minute. But like a lot of, um, the thing that I find a lot of improvisers, uh, and I am going to speak for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. okay, good. I can't wait. Take, take is that role. a lot of stand up still is improvised on stage and that's where you like get jokes from. So when improvisers always like, Oh, I can't do stand up. It's like, yeah, you can, mm-hmm. you have the basis mm-hmm. of what is funny and you can just grow from that and like take a topic and just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Essentially that is stand up as well. What I love about um, Canadian comedy and even just the scene in, in Toronto is I do feel there's a lot of really strong women, but that's me as an observer. That's me as someone who goes to maybe focuses a bit on finding funny women because I find them relatable and inspiring. But as two people who are in the industry, uh, is it fairly balanced in terms of gender or do you think it's there's still a big gap there? I think there is a big gap, but the caliber of uh, women that are coming up and especially in the last like three to five years, mm-hmm. it's just getting better and better and better. There are more females, which I like to mm-hmm. see, and there are good quality females um, because a lot of them aren't, you know, doing like, oh, I got to do period jokes. Like mm-hmm. a lot of them are getting rid of the fear from whatever they think the norm is and really coming out on their own, which I think is really great because there's a whole plethora of different sort of topics that women are, you know, approaching. They don't have awesome. to be just female topics, no, right? Nope, that's, no. I think that's the thing. That- and they can do them too. They, there's uh, the Crimson Wave, which is mm-hmm. a podcast and a comedy show. Um, and it's fantastic because they do talk about women topics and mm-hmm. they don't talk about women topics. And they have men on the show, which is, they have more and more men on the show too, which mm-hmm. is very like refreshing because they're not just being like, cause I hate, I, I don't like it when women are like, Oh, we're going to do our, like just strictly women shows and just right. do all these just female heavy shows because I think that kind of just ad, like adds and segregates them as well. Even more. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, things like the crimson wave, like it's just such a perfect show to see that, you know, you can talk about women's things. You can talk about other things. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep um, Ashley and Rihanna in here for the hour. We're going to get into some very entertaining things that you guys have both experienced uh, being kicked out of traffic court for one. And then someone uh, apparently is going, someone maybe with a bit of wine found herself on a trip, <laughs> is finding herself on a trip <laughs> okay. to uh, South Africa. Um, but after the break, I found a, a really cool story about a woman on blog TV. And I just, I bought a whim, emailed her. I was like, come on in. I want to talk about your new business um, where she makes and she's selling um, Zimbabwe meat pies. And if any of you actually knows what that is before she comes on the show, I want you to text me 71010 because I have no clue. And she's going to fill us in. She'll tell us her story and where you can get some of these amazing savory pies Ooh. that she's going to be selling in Toronto. You're listening to the Page 10 Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk at Hey, Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome back to the show. Joining me for the hour, two wonderfully talented women in the Canadian comedy scene, Rhiannon Archer, a comedian, writer, actress, storyteller from Toronto. So you grew up here? Uh, no, I'm from Burlington. <laughs> you made a face about Brampton and you're from Burlington? Yeah, there's a big difference. Okay. Okay. So, I'm like from Toronto, but 
I find a lot of people uh, are not actually from Toronto who are in Toronto. That's why I asked. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Close enough. And then Ashley Como, who is here, and uh, she is an actor, writer, and producer from Brampton. Brampton. Proudly from Brampton. Uh, And and an alumni of the uh, Second City Toronto. Both of them will be joining me for the hour. But um, I also have another guest in studio. So this is a story that I saw on BlogTO this week because I had all these people uh, posting it. And I was like, what is this? It's like, here's this woman who's who's going to be launching um, like her own Zimbabwean meat pie company <sighs> at Market 707. And if you don't know what Market 707 is, it's actually um, this like row of shipping containers and each of them is like a food stand, a food stall. And it's at it's on Dundas, just east of Bathurst. So it's basically across from the hospital. Rihanna just had a light bulb go off because she's like, where is it? But now that I said it, you know exactly what I'm yep. talking it about, right? It smells so good every yeah. time I yeah. ride my bike down there. So there's all kinds of really cool, small, like startup food businesses there because, you know, a shipping container, the overhead is a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going to launch a new business, it, you know, when you're opening a restaurant, it can be um, hundreds of thousands of dollars that a lot of people don't have. So it's a great way for people who want to try it out or just do something small with a little bit of money and just see how well their, you know, their food is, um, is welcomed in the city. So in studio, we have Evis, Chir- I'm going to do it, Churwam Mangu. You got it. Oh, you got I, it. I got it. <laughs> okay. Be- say it again for me. Chirowamangu. Chirowamangu. All right. I got it. Yeah. I, it has, your last name is more letters than my entire name. <laughs> um, so you're from Menandi Pies. Congratulations. Yeah. What does Thank the you. name of the pies have any meaning? Um, yes. Um, so Menandi is a, uh, is a word in Debele, which is a language that's spoken in Southern Africa, the uh-huh. southern part of Zimbabwe and northern part of South Africa. And it simply means delicious. Oh, I love ah! it. Delicious pies. Delicious pies. So Manandi means delicious. So yes. if someone was to eat them and be like, mmm, Manandi, would that be, a com- that would be a compliment? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, mmm, delicious pies. <laughs> I love it because I'm like, now I know one word. <laughs> <Love it. laughs> one word. So, um, Evis, you have been in Canada for 10 years. Yes. And, um, but you were you didn't have a food background, per se. No. Uh <laughs> I, I I've always loved food though. Mm-hmm. Um my mom told me that she wasn't surprised that I started a food business. I I've always loved food very much. So what prompted you to start a business that sells Zimbabwean meat pies? Because it is something that I've never heard of. It's not that I, I'm surprised they exist, it's just that it's not something that's ever been presented to me as something I could try. So as Zimbabweans who move out of Zimbabwe, we, uh, in my community, we always missed the pies, mm-hmm. really. It was, it was a general understanding that we all missed the pies. But n- none of us had ever really tried to make it. Um, I tried to have a dinner with a couple of my friends, and I made a beef wellington. And that's when the, the <laughs> bulb went out. It was like, oh, okay, um, maybe I can try the meat pie. Yeah. So I did a couple of experiments, really, because I was going by it taste Mm -hmm. that I had a long time ago when I was growing up, I grew up in a really big family. Uh, <laughs> so let's go go back to the beginning yeah. um, when you say you have this memory of a taste from your childhood. It's yes. You grew up as um, the sixth of nine kids. Yes. And I, I love the story on your website. You tell a little bit about your childhood and that your mom was a teacher. Yes. Uh, so my mom was a teacher. Um, so was my dad. And we weren't really well off. But one time... At month end, when she gets paid, she could afford to buy a meat pie, but she had 
nine kids. So really to make sure everybody felt loved and felt part of the team, she would cut it nine times um, <laughs> and give each and every one of us a taste. So you'd have this little piece and you're like, yes. And it's that taste that has stayed with me all this time. And that's, that's what I missed when I was here and just try to recreate that. Um, after a couple of experiments. Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, you're getting one ninth of a small meat pie at the end of the month. And I know that you said that in Zimbabwe, teachers get paid once a month. So yes. that was sort of the reward. That was a celebration. Your mom got paid. Yes. She bought a meat pie, cut into nine pieces so each of her children could have a bite. And that's yes. your memory of it. Yes. So then tell us, because I don't know, what is a Zimbabwe meat pie? Um, so usually when Canadians think of pies, they're pot pies. Yes. Um, but in Zimbabwe, pies are actually flat. They are flaky, light flaky, and filled with delicious, savory goodness in the middle. So um, is the pastry similar to what a meat pie would be, or is it different? I'm going to, like um, like a pot pie, I'm going to try this. Um, it'll be a little different. This is light. It's it's a really light pastry. Um, I mean, I'm going to get on here, too. Like, it looks yeah. amazing. So Ashley and Rhiannon also have a meat pie that you brought in. I think I have a chicken one. You do have a chicken and mushroom. Oh, it's fantastic. So it's yes. a very flaky crust. Yes, it's a very, very flaky, flaky pastry. Crust. Yes. This is too good. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like... It's That's so, amazing. No, it's really good. Manandi. 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 Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> what is a traditional um, filling for a Zimbabwean meat pie? What would be? What would you have had at home? So um, uh, it's the classic British pie because Zimbabwe was colonized by the British. The oh, British okay. brought the pies to Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. We kind of made the, made it our own with local flavoring, which is what these pies have. Uh, so the traditional one would be the steak and onion, okay. which would be like the which is very British, which yeah. is very British. <laughs> yes, um, but I also have a beef and kale, which is um, a my taking my Zimbabwean roots mm-hmm. and putting it into a Canadian pie. The beef and kale is a stew of beef and kale that's cooked in sauces of tomatoes and onions and some spices. Oh, fantastic. And then we put kale in it and yeah. eat it with the sadza, which is like our traditional dish in Zimbabwe. What is that? Sadza is like a thick polenta, thick porridge. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It it's eaten all over Africa, like Ugali. Or, sounds um, like a great, uh, like complete meal. So you're going to be opening up at Market 707. So again, as uh, I had mentioned, it's on Dundas, just east of Bathurst. So yes. that sort of series of shipping containers there that all have different really cool food available there. And you're uh, launching this like in a week, next Saturday. <gasps> next Saturday. Yes. Good. Yeah. I need to know when to get these again. So good. <laughs> a week. I'm putting it in my calendar. Uh, yeah. In a week, we're opening up next Friday. Uh, next Saturday. Oops. Yeah. Um, yeah. From around 11 a.m. Okay. Um, to around... 8 p.m. We're going to have a street party. We're going to have lots of um, Zimbabwean food. That's so great. And that's amazing. Congratulations. Well, I'm sure that your the community of people from, you know, from Zimbabwe are very excited to be able to, to buy something that they remember from home. Oh, yeah. Having to make it themselves. I feel like this is a little bit of a process. Oh yeah. They, (laughs) they really, they have been really supportive. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations, uh, Eva. So again, that's, uh, Manandi Pie. So M N A N D I pies.com. Yes. Yes. And you can find her at market 707 starting Saturday. So make a plan if you can. Go down there and go on an empty stomach and try some of the food there. Thank you very much and congratulations. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We're taking a quick break here on the Paychain Show. We'll be back right after this. Where a 
opinions are celebrated. The Paychen Show on News Talk 1010. Well, everyone in studio here is just loving the meat pies. Uh, Mike Trutler, who's my technical producer, we will say we have saved you one. I, there's one put aside. <laughs> You're all so kind. I'm sure they're fantastic, and I know that that would be a hard thing for you to save one. So I, I really appreciate that. I uh, thank you for appreciating my generosity and my selflessness. <laughs> You're a real humanitarian. Pain. Patting, I never tell you that. <laughs> patting myself on the back, I'm like, that's right. How nice of me to save that. So, um, how adorable was Evis in here just now? So awesome. So the, awesome. And the girl, so my guess, I've, I still got Ashley, I've got Ashley mm-hmm. Comone here, Rhiannon Archer, and both of them like woof down oh, those, yeah. uh, the meat pies, the Menandi meat pies. That's why I went very quiet. <laughs> I was <laughs> like listening, I was like, oh yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> just inhale it. Uh, so Rhiannon, if you're just tuning in, is a comedian, writer, actress, and storyteller, um, from Burlington, but has been living in Toronto and has written for many TV shows. Also, you have your, uh, Toronto based story show, The Rock Contours, and you produce and host Fireside. Tales. It's a monthly show that takes place around a big fire in Dufferin Grove Park. And your next one is coming up this Tuesday, yes. on Tuesday the 16th. And you were also nominated for two Canadian Comedy Awards. So congratulations. Thank you. And Ashley is a actor, writer, and producer from Brampton, alumni of the uh, Second City Toronto. And you were also named Best Female Improviser in 2015 from Now Magazine. So sure. uh, two women who, who've done a, accomplished a lot, I think, in the Toronto scene and also the Canadian scene, so very happy to have you here. Um, we're going to get into some uh, some stories. You can text in if you like, if you want to interact mm-hmm. with myself or with my guest, 71010. Uh, I, all I know, I don't know the story about this, but I just know that, Rihanna, you were in traffic court this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you been to traffic court before? Uh, not for my, not for myself. Okay. You uh, represented someone, you impersonated someone else? Or how does that work? No, um, I'm... I, a few of my friends have gotten tickets before, and my dad is a judge. Oh, so I know okay. how to talk. I know how to. I know how to kill them with kindness and yeah. how to talk. So I went with a couple of my friends and talked down their tickets for them and coached them. Really? Wow! Yeah. I feel like you could start a business doing that. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Maybe like <laughs> not, not after not after this week. I can't. Um, so I'm Ashley Traffic Court ever. Never. No. I'm like a. I'm a, what is it, a keener student, but also a keener driver. No parking tickets, no speeding tickets, nothing. Uh, same. I've never been, I've never been pulled over. I've never had a ticket. Same. I speed, but I've never been caught. Oh, oh hey. yeah. But I also don't have a car. So I think that means I don't drive often, right? Sure. So I rent a car once in a while if I need to. Um, so Rihanna, you, I don't know how you got kicked out, but what happened? So as you were saying, I do have a small child at home. Uh, <laughs> I have eight month old. Eight month old. Um, and he's delightful and uh, very sweet. Um, so we went to traffic court because, um, I had to, uh, you know, try to get a fine reduced, um, because of one speeding ticket I've ever had, ladies. It's not like I make it a habit, but, um, got busted in Caledon, north oh. of Brampton. Yep. So under the blue bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When yeah, it's a that's where they get you. Yeah. So <laughs> the guy was basically, it goes from a hundred to 80 in two seconds. And this cop was sitting there who like was just having an awful day, like probably hadn't had a hug in many years and gave me a really (laughs) bad ticket. Um, So anyway, so we go and um, I didn't realize that um, it's really hysterical when a judge sentences people and, you know, slams his gavel down to my son who proceeded to laugh maniacally (laughs) in the back of the court. (gasps) Like every time he'd be like, I find you $400 and, you know, three points, clack. 
<laughs> from the back. And after the fifth time, the, the bailiff police officer comes over. He's like, I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to leave. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. But and did so, you get your, did you, you never got to buy your, your ticket? ticket? Well, no. So he took my papers and he said, you can wait outside. And when they, re- when they reconvene, I'll make sure that you're first and out of here. So, which was awesome. Um, the judge, however, um, thought my son was very cute. Oh. And I was, was the like, judge your dad? No. Okay. <laughs> which is silly. Cause I could have just asked my dad for a favor, but I was trying to do the right thing. Um, so anyway. You wanted to get by on your own. You're like, I don't need my dad to yeah, lower my parking ticket this. or speeding ticket. Um, <laughs> but what happened was the judge, uh, cause I explained to him, cause I am a new parent and it was a, a quite a hefty fine. And I asked, could you possibly reduce it seeing as I have a clean record? And he's like, and I, and I fully understood being like, this is not your problem or anybody else's problem. He's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It isn't my problem, <laughs> but it's yours. So you can pay like uh, like a hundred and fifty dollars, and I was like, okay, fine. But then he was like, but I'll I'll do you a favor. How long do you want to pay? And uh, a million years was not the right answer. <laughs> oh no! So he goes seriously, and I go thirty days, and he's like, you only want thirty days? And I was like, well, if if it comes out of my bank account either now or in a year, does it really matter? I don't mm-hmm. really have it just to throw around. <laughs> so he's like, fine, thirty days, and I'm like, thank you, your honor. Another one who probably hadn't kissed his wife in many years. (laughs) So, um, but your son seems to have a great sense of humor. Yeah. He's, uh, I I lucked out. I I wish I could be like, oh, I'm such a good parent, but I'm not. Oh, no, wait, I am. Yeah. (laughs) He's growing. He's good. He's fine. But um, I just really lucked out with a really good baby. He sleeps. He eats. He's. Uh, loves to be held by other people. He's not clingy. That's nice. That's he's good. Beautiful. Just wait. He's, I'm just kidding. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> it's, it's probably going to come around when he's older. Um, I actually, I, I kind of teased to this off the top when mm-hmm. I, because you travel around and you teach improv, yes. being the second city alum, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I know that you are heading up to is it South Africa, right? Yeah, Cape Town, and you're going to teach improv there. Yeah, it's the the first uh, Mama City Improv Festival. In October from the 20th through to the 24th. So if you're in the Cape Town area and you, <laughs> you want to be learn, driving through. <laughs> you have to drive through and you want to learn some improv, um, myself, my partner and a friend of mine, so Connor Thompson and Alistair Forbes, we're going to go out to South Africa and teach and perform some improv along with, um, the group, the long shots. They, they're like a local team there and they're teaching workshops and performing as well. How do you get an invitation to South Africa? <laughs> um, sometimes you get invited mm-hmm. and sometimes you make your own invitation. Well, but that's you taking charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to go to South Africa and Connor has a cousin who lives there. Um, so I kind of look at places we'd have a, a place to stay right, if someone we were you could, yeah. to go to these places um, and then reach out to the local troops there and just start talking shop. And usually it's you know, I'll crack a bottle of Pinot Grigio and have a responsible one, you know, one-ish glass um, and send an email, just like a cold call. And then you yeah. meet people. And improv is such a welcoming and beautiful community that even if they couldn't have done it, like people reach out and they say, oh, this sounds great, but we just can't. But uh, lucky for me, um, uh, the team there could um, start a discussion and then we're That's great. To, to Cape Town, yeah. That's exciting. So you're going to go and you're going to tack on a few extra days so that you can travel around? Sure are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't not travel to these beautiful places and meet these beautiful people and not... Like, if we were only going in for improv, it would mm-hmm. be far more difficult. Now, do you find, because you have traveled to different places to teach improv, um, like, do you notice 
differences in terms of style or what oh, like yeah. you uh, things are not everything is funny to the same people. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, um the Royal Stage Monkeys in Germany in Hamburg, um they uh, brought us out. They invited us to go out and half of the group, we, we performed in a silo um, that had the roof cut off right. and had wonderful acoustics because it's circular. Like it was amazing. Yeah. In the German countryside, um, two hours away from Hamburg and we were performing to, I would say 57% of the people spoke English mm-hmm. and the others did not. So you had to make bold choices or they didn't understand what you were doing. Right. Uh, so it kind of forces you to up your game as well. And then you do like there's different sense of humors. Um, North Americans speak too quickly. Right. Yes. These are broad stereotypes, of course. Yeah. Um, English mm-hmm. improvisers are very, very witty. Mm-hmm. French improvisers are very physical. Uh, again, broad stereotypes. Everyone does everything. Yeah. Yay. But also this is like things that I've noticed just traveling. Um, and then there's a fearlessness that comes with being from certain countries where sometimes Canadians are oh, apologetic for doing it. Yes. Um, but I've learned to throw that away because there's no time for apology. Just do it. Do the art and jump into it. Um, then you see beautiful things. Like one time we were coaching um, this this gang in Barcelona. We were teaching a workshop and there was uh, somebody from Israel and somebody from Palestine playing exes. Oh. And you're like, Okay. And it like I got goosebumps and it it was an amazing scene and they were hysterical but also moving as well. Right. So it's it's not only like jokes, jokes, jokes. Sometimes right. it completely changes your life. That's great. Yeah. That's well I'm excited for your trip. And uh when we come back the the girl the, the women are gonna stick around and uh, I wanna talk a little bit I know Ashley wants to talk a bit about um sort of peer pressure as an adult, which is totally <laughs> different than peer pressure as a teen. <laughs> Different in the same in, in ways. Um, so the, the women are going to stick around and, uh, and we've got great topics coming up. You can feel free to text in. Some of you have been texting in 71010. You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. Back after this. With Pei Chen on In Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Doesn't misogyny sound like it would feel good? <laughs> like it does. Like every time I hear someone go, like, oh my god, that guy's such a misogynist, I'm just like, oh, get me a number. Like that's where my brain goes. And when I picture this misogynist, I always picture like this douchey guy just massaging a lady's back and him going, like, <laughs> so you got a little knot in your back, huh, little lady? To try to pick something up, you dumb. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. That's a clip from Rihanna Archer, a comedian, writer, actress, storyteller. Uh, your next show—you got a Fringe show, right? Coming up? Uh, n- uh, well, oh, no. no, I did um, last year's Fringe, mm-hmm. um, and we got um, top ten. Woo! The fringe, Congratulations. Uh, four ends from uh, Now Magazine. And I'm remounting it um, August 19th, 20th, and 21st at the Bad Dog Theater. It's called Life Records. Mm-hmm. It's basically about, um, it's a storytelling show, a, one, uh, a solo show about how songs trigger memories. Oh, very 
nice. And uh, so I'm playing some songs um, and telling the stories that go along with it. Okay. I have seen it. It is very good. All right. Very, very good. Ringing endorsement from Ashley Como, who is here, uh, actor, writer, producer, and also oh. Second City alumni. And uh, Ashley, you coming up, you've got um, your Fringe, the, the Songbusters. Yeah. Right? So it gets complicated because with Fringe, you can apply shows that already exist and then mount them. Mm-hmm. So we did Songbuster with this last Fringe. Um, we were on some some fun lists as well. I was like, not top 10, but I can't remember. Uh, but they, it was a fantastic show. It's a musical improv show. So we get the suggestion from the audience and then we launch right into a full hour musical. Fun. Which is very, very fun. And that takes place the second Thursday of every month from October onward at Bad Dog Theater at 9.30. Okay, excellent. And then you're off to South Africa in the fall to teach improv. Yes, and perform as well. All right, very mm. nice. Um, we're going to get into a couple of uh, fun stories. Now, if you want to text in, you can at 71010. Something that I do want to let people know because you, I'll give you until the end of the show to enter is that uh, our friends at Dare Candy have some prize packs. So if you're a candy lover, text in 71010, first and last name, and your full mailing address. And you can text in until the end of the show. I've got five uh, prize packs. They've got um, the their candies. Real fruit, gelatin-free, gluten-free, so um, not a meal, but a great snack, and I guess it makes it fairly school-friendly as well, so you can text in for your chance to win one of those at 71010. Now, one of the things you wanted to talk about, Ashley, was sort of the idea of peer pressure as an adult. Yeah. Well, which... You know, peer pressure as a kid is usually like, let's stay out. Let's, let's stay out. Let's sneak, out. let's sneak your dad's beer. Have yeah. a cigarette. Have a cigarette. Stuff like that. Smoke it. With kids, like, I just thought, I don't know, I'm in my 30s now, and I just thought that all that stuff kind of went away. So what is peer pressure like as an adult then? Well, it depends who it's coming from. It right. could either come, you know, from your friends, and it's like, oh, have a beer. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay right now. Mm-hmm. Have a beer. I'm okay. I'm okay. No, just, come on. Just have a beer. And I, I have to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I've got digestive issues. And if I have one beer, it's going to be a muddy bum for Como. Like I can't have a beer right now. But I feel like Shut that, it down. that shuts it down. And you're like, cause it sounds like you're just like, nah, I don't feel like it. Like, no, have a beer. And then you're like, I have digestive issues. I don't want a beer right now. Yeah. But I, you know what? One beer, God. Ashley, when well, I've done anything. I pooped myself. There you go, Rannon. There you go. <laughs> I got beer was great. in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Always got wipes. And so that that I would say is like from from a friend perspective, or um, or like you you know you do get the when are you having a kid? When oh. are you getting married? Yes. All How long have you been stuff. with your partner? Eight years. Okay. Eight oh, years. So yeah. when are you getting married? I yeah, know. That's a well, long should time. Have had like three kids by now. Well, you should put a ring on it. Oh, yeah. oh, speaking of rings. Okay. I did send this also. There's yeah. this ring that's out there that you and your partner wear. And if mm-hmm. you tap it, like you just squeeze it on your own finger, you'll be able to feel your partner's heartbeat through your own body. I don't see how that would work. You did tell me about this because I'm getting married in March. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, I had this question for you, if you know more about it. Okay, so you're saying that if you tap it, I can feel like my husband's... Heartbeat, but mm-hmm. is it pre-recorded? Because how? No, it's it's through Wi-Fi, so it's kind of like you know how you can wear like those Fitbits, and you know, yeah. like, you know, I've got my Apple Watch. It can reg- it can measure my heart rate for exercise, and you know, know if I'm working out. So I think it's kind of that thing, but it's a ring on your finger. So it's it's measure. It's supposedly it is measuring your heart. heartbeat. Gross. But also, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. The reason why we put our rings on the left finger it was because it was believed. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if this is true. <laughs> Uh, but it's believed that the longest link linking vein from your heart 
um, goes to your ring finger. So, so how long ago do you think that that was like, th- this is what I love about like things like that. It's like, oh, science from like the 1700s. The world is flat, right? <laughs> yeah. Of course it is. flat? Okay. Yes. Cool. It absolutely um, is 100%. I, 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 but I have heard that too. Yeah. I don't know. So the whole ring thing for me is like, oh, they take their ring off to go to the shower, which you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine's, mine's in my shower right now. <laughs> and then if your partner was like, oh, I wonder where Rhiannon, oh, where's their heartbeat? Oh, no panic. Yeah. Or they're working out with the ring on. Are you cheating on me? Oh, I see. I I don't know how popular this this whole heartbeat ring would be. I think, right? You know. I think it's going to be popular with a lot of girls I went to high school with. <laughs> anyway, Where's I'm going to keep track of Derek. I don't know where Craig his is. Heartbeat, and if it yeah. doesn't get faster when he sees me, then there's a problem. Then we're yeah. done. We're I'm breaking up and done. You know what? I did my hair really nice today, and your heart did not speed up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one other thing, uh, Rihanna, that we. Um, I saw and I sent it to you and, and you were like, I'm already aware of this was there was a woman that was um, shamed for breastfeeding. This happened in the UK. So she was breastfeeding her baby and oh, a, yeah. a, a, in public and uh, <laughs> a woman came by and was like, you shouldn't be doing, you know, which is there are some, there's these stories pop up all the time where people think breastfeeding should not be done in public. Well, then what this mom did is she squirted breast milk oh. at the woman and then the woman posted it on Facebook and she's the woman who got, who was the shamer was like, you know, I thought it was really tacky and immature of you to, to squirt your breast milk at me because I told you that you shouldn't be feeding your baby in public. Adult bullying. Well, first off. Okay. <laughs> uh, Breast milk goes for $4 an ounce. So that's got to be really like that really <laughs> made that mom mad. You know what? That could, that could mess up her supply. Um, when I did, uh, like I breastfeed in public, I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have gotten to the point where I think it's funny to breastfeed like in, uh, public and watch some people get really, um, do you have a little blanket cover up no. sort of thing? No. Okay. My, my breasts are fantastic. So people should be lucky to see them is how I feel. Yeah. But no, I usually have, um, a baby attached. Yes. So that's all the cover I need. Yeah. Uh, it's when I hear stories like that, I, I always want to like kind of ask the person like, and especially when I talk to other people who are like, Oh, I don't like when people breastfeed in public. It's like, well, why? They're like, well, it just makes me uncomfortable. It's like, it's not like they're walking around a restaurant with their breasts hanging out mm-hmm. and milk is dripping everywhere. And if your partner is um, distracted by it, then maybe you should just, you know, find a, an alley cat and start breastfeeding it so you can feel <laughs> I did a, welcome to I did a seat of Second City called Breastaurant where it was a woman <laughs> who, and ever, I did this every night, I whipped my boob out and attached a, a you plate. You did? Yeah. Well, like discreetly as, yeah. as moms do. Again, yeah. we're not like going for it. Yeah. Like, Hey, and the whole the whole premise is that this woman takes her breast out to feed her baby, and the husband freaks out, the waiter freaks out, everybody freaks out except another breastfeeding mom. So it seems like there's this this club that you're in this breastfeeding club, and you're like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't you? You're feeding your child, mm-hmm. like, but you also like there is the other side where people don't like it, and you have to go, well, why don't you like it? Do you think our boobs sexual for you? You know, it's also like we're and mammals. It's it, right? it, part of it, time and place. Like, I mean, you know, the, when the baby needs to eat, the baby needs to eat. You're probably not on a roller coaster when sure, you're doing it. No. So. But the thing is, it's like, um, it's not, it's not the mom's fault that like breasts Ooh. have been, like, it's funny that because breasts are being actually used for their actual purpose, people in North America, I guess, and England, um, <laughs> get really upset about yes, it. And it's so bizarre. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You just want me to like, you know, 
flip them out just like rather like wanna, on the beach or somewhere else. Like that's okay. But if I'm actually using them for their purpose, they're that's mad. Not okay. Yeah. However, oh God. if I, well, I've had a lot of other people's breast milk on me, so it doesn't bother me. Uh, I will and say, what, how did that happen? Yeah. What, what's and that what, what scenario did that when, well, I got a lot of new moms. We all had our babies uh, around oh, the same okay. time. Oh, um, so that's, and sometimes like, you take that baby off, and it is like squirting out. Like, oh, okay. And and I've like babysat and had to like give breast milk in a bottle, right? And, and it's never really bothered me. But like, I'd be pretty. I don't think she should have squirted the woman. I think it's funny that she did because it's kind of the same as like, well, it's your bodily fluid. Yeah, like, that's kind of like spitting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. True. Like, I know it's completely different, and the antibodies in that milk, like, <laughs> just like, that's going to clear that woman's acne right up. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that I think that's going a little too far. I would have preferred, like, a, a good old punch. A good, <laughs> a good old slap or good something like that. punch in the face. Why are women being forced to feel shame about their bodies when they're doing the most beautiful thing? Well, that's it. And you know what? Here we are. We're a room of three women. So we're like, yeah, yeah. go for it. I mean, do I think that's what you should be doing is like retaliating? Like, squirt, squirt. No. I'm going to get you back. But like, you, you, I do find it a little bit funny. I also think that the woman who was the shamer thought she would get sympathy by posting it online yeah. and instead got attacked. Bless you. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, karma, right? Yeah. Um, I want to thank you both for, for joining me today. So, uh, Ashley Como, us. for people who find out more information about you and your performances. Yeah, www.ashleycomo.com or on Twitter at Ashley Como. And Rhiannon? Um, www.rhiannonarcher.com <laughs> at Rhiannon Archer. And you can just go ahead and add me on Facebook because oh. I'm sure it's friendly as you. anyone. <laughs> and her baby real cute. And I don't post too much about my baby, but you can take a little glimpse of that little cute baby. He's pretty adorable. So thank you both. And if you want to catch the podcast of the show, uh, paychen.com. Also, you can text in the next few minutes if you win, want to win one of those Dare Candy prize packs. You might be thinking about back to school and sending a little treat into uh, the lunch boxes, Or maybe you just want to keep a little stash in your car or in your desk. Actually, both the women in the studio want some candy as well. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll be back next Saturday.